Incredible edibles start with Loran. Professional bakery emulsions, super strength flavors, and candy mixes from Loran make it easier than ever to create your own delicious edible experience. Bite Me listeners in the contiguous 48 receive 15% off their order at loranoils.com. Just enter Bite Me 15 at checkout. For listeners outside the 48, email customercare at loranoils.com for a list of distributors and retailers near you and tell them Marge sent you. In this episode, we're doing a bright summery cherry tomato salad that you can put together in about five minutes, maybe even less. Welcome to Bite Me, the show about edibles, where I help you take control of your high life. I'm your host, Marge, and I'm super excited to be here. I'm very grateful that you're listening on the other end. Before I get into this week's episode, though, I do have a few things I just wanted to mention, some things I'm pretty excited about. First and foremost... Your girl Marge is going to be on another podcast. And this isn't just me being a podcast guest, something that I have enjoyed doing a handful of times over the last couple of years since I started this show. I'm actually going to be a permanent resident on the High on Homegrown podcast. And shoot, I would have used my applause thing. if I remember which button it was, but I didn't. So that's my bad. But anyway, you may know High on Homegrown. You may be like, they sound familiar. Why is that? Well, that's because I was featured as a guest on their show last year. Or actually, when was it? This year? I don't even remember. The last year and a half has been a bit of a blur, like it has probably been for most of you as well. But I was on their show talking about edibles. I had a great time. And they then also came on my show a few months later, and we did sort of a grow guide because these fellows are grow experts. And that was a great episode as well for anybody who was listening because they were interested in doing an outdoor grow for the summertime, which mine is going quite nicely, except I did discover that I had a male in the garden and I had to yank him out of the midst. And it's kind of disappointing because here it is uh, mid-August or so. And he took long enough to reveal himself that I can't really replace that plant with anything else. So that's the way it goes sometimes, but that's okay. You have to pluck those ones out if you find a male because they can pollinate not only your plants, but anybody else's that happen to be within a pretty wide vicinity of that plant. So if you find a male, uh, yank it out right away. If you're unsure what they look like, I would recommend going over to Percy's um Grow Room, Percy's Grow Room. I'll link to it in the show notes and the High on Homegrown podcast. That is the Percy's Grow Room is their companion growers forum. And they answer all kinds of questions from all kinds of people who are growing cannabis uh, in their own backyards or in their house or whatever the case might be. But I'm really excited to be part of this show. They do an amazing job. They have pretty interesting guests. And while I don't necessarily consider myself an expert, I do lend a certain particular point of view. And I do know a lot about edibles, so I can lend my voice as far as that goes. And I am training to be a gangier. And I have mentioned that before in the show as well. It is a new program that's out of the States, I think out of California. And it is to become a cannabis sommelier to get a certificate in that. And the program thus far has been fascinating. I have learned 
a ton. And I will be doing a live training later this year and an exam. And so I'm really working to build my knowledge about cannabis so I can share a lot of that knowledge with you fine folks as well. So I'll link to that in the show notes too, if you're curious at all about the Gangier program. So far, like I said, I'm really enjoying it. And I'll probably be doing an episode about that later in the year. It won't be for a while yet because my live training isn't until November because I was hoping a lot of this COVID bullshit would be over by then, but who knows at this point. But it is later this year, but I'm hoping to do an episode on it. So once I have the full picture of the entire program, having finished the live training and the exam, I can talk about it thoroughly and with people who are actively involved in creating and running the program. So I'm excited about that too. So listen for High on Homegrown. They do their live, their episodes live on Sundays. They have a live chat on YouTube on Sundays. So I'll be part of that. But of course, you can find their podcast wherever you listen to your favorite shows, like Bite Me, the show about edibles. So that is that. Then I also wanted to mention an email I got from a listener, Wayne, I just wanted to give a shout out to Wayne. I'm Wayne made some rhubarb brownies infused, of course, and found that the rhubarb and the chocolate mix was a lovely combination that you might not expect. And it had a bit of a, he says, a surprising bite or twang at the end of each bite, but that the rhubarb helped cut to the sweetness of the chocolate. So if you have a patch of rhubarb in your garden, you're not sure what to do with it, perhaps finding a recipe for rhubarb brownies might be in order. So thanks for reaching out, Wayne. I really appreciate that. I love getting emails from any of you. Just even just to update me on what you're making in your kitchen, um, you know, it doesn't have to be something from the show. It could be something you've created yourself or what experiments you're doing or whatever the case might be. Send me a message at bitemepodcast at fastmail.com or you can leave a voice message as well. That's always an option too. Now, I'm not always making edibles in my kitchen as much as it sometimes probably seems that way. And what I've been making recently what have I been making recently? I've been making a lot of bread again. I wasn't really making too much bread, but I've started that up again. And I love making sourdough bread because I usually bake it in the morning and it smells so fantastic. And then I take it out of the oven off, I go to work, but it's wonderful. The other thing I've been making recently is butter, cultured butter, which has been quite an interesting process. I do that via sous vide. And the first batch I made, I used, I had to order in like a yogurt culture that I mixed with a a, um, organic cream. And then you sous vide that. There's a few other steps after that, but you do end up with this rich, yellow, organic, salty butter. And it's fantastic. And when I put it on that fresh sourdough bread, (laughs) as you can imagine, it's pretty fucking good. And yes, I do eat pretty well over here because I like to cook and spend time in the kitchen. So that's something else I've been playing around with. So if you do have a sous vide device, an immersion circulator, I invite you to try check try making butter. And if you have any questions about that, you can always reach out to me. I did get that recipe from chefsteps.com. I do I am a premium pass member. I think I pay like seven bucks a month or something like that. But I've learned a lot through that website. So it it's um if it's something that you're interested in, even trying it out for a few months just to get some some great recipes, then uh, that may be worth your investment. I don't know. Another one I got from that website too, actually, is... Oh, I just left my brain. Oh, 
the rich as fuck brownies, the ultimate rich as fuck brownies. That's what they're actually called on the website, although I think they bleep out the UCK or whatever. But holy, these are decadent. I did infuse mine. They're pretty lightly infused because I was making them for some people. And sometimes less is more, of course, as we all know. But these brownies take definitely not vegan. They contain butter. I used butter and coconut oil actually because my I didn't have infused butter. I only had infused coconut oil, but I used the that combination, which worked out quite fine. I used there was caramel sauce in it as well. There was dark chocolate, baking chocolate, and milk chocolate, and probably almost a pound and a half of sugar. <laughs> so these things are tiny little diabetes bombs. But if you're going to have a small piece of something, like I made them into pretty small pieces um, so that the potency would be um, on the lighter side, but they're so rich and so decadent that a small piece is really all you need. And if you are craving something sweet, as I often do, and I like to have a little bite of something after dinner, a little, you know, a small piece of these brownies is really all you need. And fantastic. Incredible taste and flavor. They were a little more involved to make, but definitely worth the time. And the other thing that I'm making right now, fermented garlic, honey, and chilies. It's fermented garlic, honey, and chilies. And that's something I got from, where did I find that recipe? I can't remember. I might have to look into that more, but I think it's about ready to unjar or, or whatever. It's been, it's been fermenting for about a month and I'm love honey. So a garlic chili combination, I think to me sounds incredible. So I'm going to be trying that out very soon to see the final result. So yeah, it's not always edibles over here in Marge's household. Sometimes I do make, actually often I make other things. In fact, after I finish this episode, I'm probably going to be going out and doing some barbecuing because it's a hot summer day. We're finally having a day without rain. Yay. And I love to barbecue as well. And do you know what goes really nicely with barbecue? Cherry tomato salad. Why not? Because one of the beautiful things about barbecuing or just summertime eating in general is the light, fair, easy, breezy. I just love, I have a charcoal barbecue. I've probably mentioned this before. I just love to light up that barbecue, let it warm up and just, it's so simple. It's so simple. So what pairs really nicely with a simple barbecue is a simple side dish like this cherry tomato salad. Now, before I get into that, I just want to mention one last thing. Last week, I did an episode on the community poll. I've gotten numerous responses from some of you about your thoughts about the show, and I'm so thankful for that. It really is helpful because it does bring attention to certain things I might not have considered, and I want this show to be the best possible show it can be. So if you haven't had the chance to go over, it's literally probably less than four minutes to fill out the seven questions. Most of it's sort of multiple choice. Um if you haven't had a chance to do that, I would really appreciate it. And I will enter anybody who takes the time to do that will be entered into a draw to win a prize for taking the time to do that because it really is meaningful and helpful to me. So I can make this the best damn damn edible show out there. I want to be able to serve you guys uh, because I love doing this show, but there's no point in me doing it if it's not serving y'all the best that it can. So back to the regular scheduled programming, the cherry tomato salad. Now, This salad is nice because it does use fresh ingredients and it's pretty easy to find. I mean, the grocery stores are full of all kinds of stuff right now. It's like a cornucopia of options and there's farmer's markets and all kinds of things. 
And this one's pretty easy to put together because it's uses only a few handful of ingredients. Let me go find this recipe here because I did get this from the Nourished Kitchen website. I am on that website quite a bit. I love what she does over there. Jenny McGruther, I believe, is her name. I have purchased a couple of her cookbooks as well. But she really is into whole foods cooking. And sometimes whole foods cooking or slow food or whatever the movement is that people like to call it. I mean, it's certainly healthier for you than using any kind of uh, packaged or processed foods. But sometimes it can be time consuming to you know, cook that way. But the one thing I really liked about this recipe is that this is not one of those time consuming um, dishes to put together. And it would pair very nicely for like a summer barbecue, like I said, or you're going on a picnic or you have a potluck you want to go and you want to bring something fresh and delicious and tasty. Then this is the salad that you want because it really doesn't take too long to put together. Now, Uh, She does give a few tips for making this salad, and some of those I found helpful when I was making it. What do I have here for my notes? Um, Basically, the salad, I'm going to find the actual ingredients here, is you're using cherry tomatoes, clearly, because it's a cherry tomato salad. And all you have to do is chop those cherry tomatoes in half. It's about a pound, and that's going to serve four people. So depending on what other side dishes you have... um, She does suggest that it has big flavor and it's satisfying enough to serve on its own because it also has bacon in it. And bacon makes everything better, doesn't it? So you're going to use a pound of cherry tomatoes, four ribs of celery, your six slices of cooked bacon, uh, six green onions. I didn't actually have green onions when I made this. I used chive instead, and I thought that was a nice compliment as well. So don't be afraid to try something else if you don't have exactly what's in the ingredient list. I substitute stuff all the time. It probably did take me a long time to get to that point where I was comfortable enough with my cooking skills to be like, eh, I don't have that. Let's try this instead. But use what you have on hand. Um, you know, if you don't have green onions or chive, maybe a little bit of red onion or something, you know, substitute, 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 use what you have on hand. It called for a half cup of flat leaf parsley, which I did have. I didn't have the dill, so I left that out completely, which was kind of sad, actually. I think I had gone to the market that day and got everything I needed and then forgot the dill, even though there was a plethora of that stuff at the market that day. But I'm sure it would have been really nice with the dill. So if you do have the opportunity to get it, do because dill is such a lovely flavor. Now it also called for celery seed, nigella seed, if that's how you say it, extra virgin olive oil and balsamic vinegar and some finely ground salt. Now I also did not have the nigella seed and I'm not even sure if I'm saying that right. Um, Funnily enough, A couple days later after I made it, I was at my daughter's restaurant and she has at the restaurant has shelves of spices for their, for cooking. It's an enviable shelf. I thought I had a lot of spices, but you go there and she's got everything. And lo and behold, she had some of that nigella, nigella seed. Is that what I called it? Um, but at that point, I'd already made the salad, so I didn't really need it. But unfortunately, if you don't have that, you've never heard of it. I did look for it in the in the grocery store and some stores, and I didn't find it. So you might need to go to a more specialty store if you really want to track it down. 
But she also says that if you can't find it, you can omit the celery seed and the nigella and just add coarsely ground black pepper instead. So that's what I ended up doing it. Um, she does say that the celery and nigella offer a deep aromatic note with slightly bitter undertones that complements tomatoes. But black pepper works fine too. So that's what I ended up doing. So don't be scared away by those specialty ingredients. Just substitute once again. Um, what you're going to do too is because this is an olive oil, balsamic vinegar dressing on this, uh, depending on who you're serving it to, you can use the infused olive oil in this recipe, uh, right in the recipe, or you can save some of your infused olive oil and drizzle it on each individual uh, dish, side dish, bowl, what have you, so that you can more tailor it for each person who will be enjoying it. If you know you're just going to be eating it all yourself or something over the next couple of days, because I do love to make a big salad and then have some to take um, for work, in which case you may want to leave it uninfused, depending on where you work and what you do. And even though I work in a dispensary, it's kind of frowned upon. Actually, technically, I don't think it's even legal for me to be high when I'm at work. So it's just something I don't do. But um, of course, you know, if you're maybe using a CBD infused olive oil. That might be a completely different story, but I digress. You guys are all adults. You know what to do. Infuse it the way you see fit. That's the whole point of taking control of your high life because you can do what you need to do, which fits best with your lifestyle. So I don't need to go on too much about that, but it is a great one because you can infuse the whole salad or just use that drizzle on the end because it will be masked nicely with all the flavors in the salad. And essentially, you toss the tomatoes, celery, bacon together in a bowl, and then you mix them. You add your green onions, parsley, dill, you toss slightly, and then you sprinkle it with your your celery, nigella seed, or your black pepper, and drizzle it with your olive oil and balsamic vinegar. Add salt as needed. Voila. It does say to let the salad rest about three to five minutes before serving. And that's, I think, just to allow some of the flavors to sort of combine and make them stand out and, and taste better. So yeah, just give it those three to five minutes, which is something, you know, if you're making it while you've got, you know, while you're waiting for your grill to heat up or something, it's the perfect time. Now she does suggest to pre-cook the bacon and I did do this. So I think the morning that I made it, I was deciding to forego the usual morning smoothie and have bacon and eggs. And I just cooked extra bacon because she says, if you allow it to cool completely before you, you toss it, then it's not, it's going to keep the, the cooled bacon will be better because if you toss it in hot, it might cause some of the ingredients to wilt a little bit from the heat. So if you pre-cook the bacon, it also cuts down on the prep time when you're actually making the salad. And she does suggest to adjust the seasonings to taste with salt and to let it rest for a few minutes before serving. So this allows the tomatoes to release their juices and marry with the olive oil and vinegar to dress the salad, which is another really nice tip. Uh, I think what else? She does talk. I'll link to the article. Like I often, uh, I think I might just link to the article for this because her website is so well done. And she, I like how she does her website. There's always the usual preamble about, you know, there's info about tomatoes being rich in micronutrients, which isn't really a big surprise. I mean, cherry tomatoes are delicious. I've been eating them like, just got some from the market myself. Actually, I might have to make this again if they, but the problem is I just eat them like candy. So sometimes they don't last very long. 
but she does link to a lot of tips and tricks and info about the recipe, but she also makes it really easy to jump straight to the recipe, which I wish more uh, websites would do sometimes because sometimes it feels like you have to scroll through the endless story about, I don't know, somebody's mother's cousin's long lost recipe or whatever and how it was made. And well, you've been to those websites where sometimes it seems like it takes a long time to get to the meat of what you're there for, which is the recipe. So if I have time, I will write it out. I'm actually, by the time you're listening to this, I'm going to be almost coming home from my family vacation. But at the time of this recording, I have just hours before, well, not hours, actually. Um, I will be leaving soon. So I will try and get this recipe written out. But in the very, at the very least, I'll link to the, to the, to the website because our website's fantastic anyway. And if you haven't been there already, you should check it out. Uh, I'm just trying to see what else. Honestly, I think that's it really. If, if you give this recipe a try, let me know what you think. I love to hear it. Like I said, if you're trying out this recipe or any other ones, this is a nice recipe. Even if you don't infuse it, you want to have, uh, my elderly dad over, I'm not going to infuse this recipe because as much as he knows, he's been on this podcast, as you may know by now, he's been on this podcast uh, quite a while ago, but uh, he's actually growing some weed plants at his house again this year, which is kind of cool. And I have given him some edibles, very lightly dosed. And I bought ones from the store for that just to be certain because my dad just turned 90 and I certainly don't want to cause him to have an adverse reaction. That would be horrible. But uh, he didn't feel anything from the edibles I gave him, but he is not interested really in getting high. My husband's asked him a few times if he would like to, you know, smoke one joint. Why not? Have a puff. But there's probably people in your life that will never imbibe either. So this is a great salad, whether you're infusing it or not. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. Simple. It's delicious. It's healthy. And you can make it in a matter of minutes what's better than that so you, so you can better enjoy the summer days that we have left because time is moving way too quickly it feels like sometimes it's like I blink I'm like it's already mid-August what the hell what the hell it seems like I don't even know it just boggles my mind time is going, way by, going by way too quickly so I'm really glad that all of you are on this adventure with me and on that note my friends stay high in this episode of Bite Me, nope. But Marge, nah, I was doing so good.